Mi gente, you already know who it is. It's the radioactive poppy, Danny Limelight, and you are here live with us with the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table. Tom, it is episode 336 of the Spanish Announce Table, and we are uh, ready to just explode with excitement for an interview that we've got booked here with uh, a star we've heard a lot about lately, and we are super happy to have him on. We've got Danny Limelight. Uh, Tom, why don't, why don't you take it away? Well, Danny, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join to talk to us. And again, we've had a little technical difficulties, user error as it can be. But thank you for uh, for being flexible with us here. Uh, where I want to start off, though, He's is a pro. He's a pro, yeah, Tom. of course, you're not. He is. I am not a pro. He is a pro that that has been uh, understood here. But where I want to start off is you've been featured on Elevation. You've been having some amazing matches, but you also got a profile early on in the show's history with Paul White, a.k.a. Big Show for casual fans. What was that profile like for you? And then what's the feedback you've gotten from that? So you talked about some of my matches on Elevation in the dark with, you know, some of the best in the world. You talked about the, the Rising Star video package with, you know, Paul White, man. And it's just incredible the feedback that I received, you know, online, everybody, you know, responding and, and learning more about my story. And that's what it was. It was my story, my upbringing in New York City as a kid from Brooklyn, you know, joining the Marine Corps at a very young age, being a single father and acting and stunt work. And of course, professional wrestling on top of all of it. And it was just a huge blessing to be able to get that story out there so people could learn more about me. And, you know, I met, I met Paul White several years ago when I first started to train to be a professional wrestler. And he, he, you know, he was, he treated me like a fan. He treated me great. He was a kind human being. And then, you know, years later he sees me there and, we get to do this video package and he gets to commentate the first episode of Elevation, which features me. It was just crazy full circle life moment, man. It was awesome. And, and, and it got to give people a little insight on who Danny Limelight is. Mm. It was a great interview done by Paul White with you there. And it's a great stage that they offer for folks to do those. It told us a whole lot about you that maybe we hadn't, wouldn't have had the opportunity to see without more time, you know? And, and so that was really great. And now, one of those that you even hit on was your military service time. I myself served nowhere near as tough as a Marine or a drill sergeant. I was in the Air Force, thank medical, service, uh, but thank you for your service. But there was Marines serving at, and Marines that came in due to injury and stuff to the hospital where we were serving there in Germany. And I know the dedication and the toughness and the will to get things done. So it, it never shocks me when I see somebody who's a, a veteran in pro wrestling because not only do you need those good, baby, do a video. Not only Sorry. do you need those to totally fine. Not only do you need those to thrive in the military, you need them to just barely survive. It sounds like so. I, I can only imagine that's helped you. Um, but is there any other you know unique maybe likenesses or even maybe dra dramatic differences going from one to the other? And then as a follow up, how many times did you cut a promo as a drill sergeant? Like how many times did you channel some Roddy Piper or <laughs> well, something I think, from I think the it past? Went back and forth, you know. Mm -hmm. I think I think being a professional wrestler made it easy for me to turn that switch on and off as a drill instructor. And the right. mannerisms and stuff like that definitely came. And, and then on the return, so when I went back to wrestling, I kind of brought that, the, mm -hmm. you know, that animation, that, you know, that bigger-than-life feel to, to the wrestling. So, right. yeah, the Marine Corps is the best, man. Separate Fidelis, all my Marines out there listening. Um, I did 10 years in the Marine Corps. And the training, you know, the, the boot camp, the combat training, the marksmanship training, the physical fitness, the martial arts training, the combat, you know, conditioning, it's just, it's insane. And it made it that much easier for me to transition into wrestling. You know, when I step into those ropes, I have all that stuff. The Marine Corps teaches you honor, courage, commitment. Those are three core values. And mm -hmm. I bring that to wrestling. You know, it helped me get used to being on the road, being away from family, being away from home. And it, it, it something that literally was my vehicle to success. 
you know how to work a punk over in about probably 25, 30 different ways right off the top of your head, probably in any moment. Am I, something like just, that. Little, yeah. <laughs> well, Danny, I want to get into your character here just a little bit. So okay. your, your nickname is the Radioactive Poppy. But for those who don't know what that means, now you always hit that dance. I love it. It's great. But but explain what is the radioactive poppy. When we see Danny Limelight come out and the radioactive poppy hits the screen, what are we seeing? Man, you're seeing somebody who's authentic and genuine to who he was. You're seeing a poppy, which is like a, a Puerto Rican Latino slang for somebody that got the juice, somebody got the sazon, the mamacita. I'm out here chilling by the pool right now. I got one, two, three, four beautiful women out there. Me and one of my homies is, you know, vibing. That's the poppy side. The radioactive side, that goes to my comic roots, my love for, for Spider-Man and, and, and why he stands for the radioactive genes. You know, the way that I move, the way that I walk the ropes, the way that I fly, the way that I, you know, do everything that I do, the way that I evade and, and, and counter. It's just, you know, it's all goes back to my radioactive genes. So now, you know, instead of just being Danny Limelight, I'm the radioactive poppy Danny Limelight. You see somebody with all the sasomi, gente, all of it. So, we... This last year and a half, two years has been a whirlwind of emotions and just differences in, in our approach to life for everybody of all walks. But pro wrestling has been its own unique animal. It's been one of the few things that was kept going uh, from the start in, in, in a lot of places, but still shut down in, in some. So you had a kind of a weird blend. Um, but then fans disappeared and then sometimes they were there and sometimes not. I mean, what kind of. I mean, obviously, there, there, there had to be some kind of emotional struggles or just, you know what I mean? Is, was it just, did you call on the Marine and the, and the professor and say, we're going to do what we do? I mean, how, how does that work, being for, for somebody who thrives was, on fans, you know? For me, it, it was literally 100% the Marine Corps, you know, adapt and overcome. I could sit here and make excuses, or I could go out, show out, and make the pandemic the best year of my life. And that's exactly what I did. So that, that, that it sucks not not having the fans for this year because it was my best year in wrestling so far. So it would have been awesome for them to be there with me. They were watching online. They were watching at home. They were tweeting about it. They saw it and they knew that we were doing it together. And, you know, now that fans are coming back, I just got to wrestle in front of fans at AW this past week, wrestling Evil Uno in an awesome match, one of my favorite matches that I've had to date. Yeah. And the crowd, you know, my music hit. You know, you're wondering, are they going to react? And then all of a sudden you hear the, mi gente! So shout out to Mikey Ruckus. And blast for for the track, fire track, and so they heard the fans heard the me hint that I came out. And I got a good reaction, man. It was my first real reaction, you know. And it felt it felt so so dope. Oh, I could only imagine watching the fans return has felt like a religious experience. I could only imagine being a performer who's doing it for that reason for the fans. I I couldn't even hundred percent. I couldn't even imagine. So I want to get some feedback from you on, on one aspect of the pro wrestling kind of uh, landscape as it is right now. You're featured on New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. You're featured on AEW Dynamite Elevation. For for you as a wrestler, is this the busiest time to be in the wrestling business? Because it feels like you don't have to just be you know, in one promotion doing one thing. You can really make yourself as busy as possible. And do you like that? I love it, man. I love being busy. I love feeling like I got to wake up and grind. I love feeling that as soon as I get off the interview with you, I have another one lined up. I love the work. I love the hustle, man. And I think that wrestling is the best it's ever been right now. There's so much wrestling out there, so many different companies. People are having so much fun doing what they love and making money and, and, and making fans. And fans are enjoying it and they're watching it and talking about wrestling. And we got superstars like, you know, Bad Bunny and Mike Tyson and and all these celebrities, Snoop Dogg, that are coming to these wrestling shows, it, it's the best 
best time in professional wrestling, and I, I, I'm 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 happy to really be doing it. You know, yeah. I'm happy it's my job. Yeah, well, and and being that you are busy and you've got interviews lined up, as you say, we will get through our uh, a fun segment that we like to have with when we have a guest on for the first time because we like to get a good view across the industry, right? So we ask the Let's same it, five baby. questions. We are the Spanish announce table. We don't speak any Spanish, so I had to Google this, and we call it Cinco Preguntas because it's, you know I mean? We should have asked you, but, all right, so, and these are not necessarily rapid fire. If you have an answer, you know, feel free to expand on the why or whatnot, but what the first one will say, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Eddie Guerrero. Mm. Eddie Guerrero and The Rock. Yep, and The Rock. Those are my two. Mm-hmm. Which one do you? A lot of similarities between those. Well, two, which you know? one do you? Uh, which one do you call on more often in your wrestling mm-hmm. journey? Are you are you more influenced? Do you think by uh, by Eddie Guerrero? Eddie, awesome. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero for sure. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like when I'm talking, I think Dwayne Johnson. I think The Rock. I think mm-hmm. the best promo in the game. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So the second. Yeah. So the second question, I got a little ahead of us, Tim. Sorry about that. Second question, and you can answer this two ways. You can either say uh, the best match you've been in, and then also what's your favorite match that you've ever seen? Okay. The favorite match i ever seen will be Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc, 1997. Yep. A close close second will be The Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania. Yeah. God. Yeah, that was a moment. My favorite match that I've ever been in, man. It's hard right now because my match with Konosuke Takeshita is the best match that I ever had in my life. It's my favorite match. So I love that mm-hmm. match. But my singles match with John Moxley and my first match against Kenny Omega are two of my favorite matches ever. Oh, well, yeah. How couldn't they be? That's some of the biggest stars, you know, you could yeah. argue of all time in some aspects, yeah. let alone today, for sure. Uh, and pro wrestling is an industry where it's a journeyman's travel, right? There's going to be a lot of folks who help you along the way. You learn a lot from everybody as you come across. So with this question, who would you say is your biggest influence in the industry? Oh, uh, man, I watch a lot of Eddie Guerrero. I watch a lot of The Rock. That's, that's the people that I watch. But, I mean, people that, have been, that, that are alive that have helped me along the way, um, TJ Perkins hmm. is one of them. Yeah. Um, before, before I turned on Rocky Romero, he was a mentor to me. You know, before I beat the snot out of him. Right. Well, sometimes you that was a great do, turn. You know? That was yeah. a great turn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David Marquez from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. He, he's been a huge help in my yeah. career. Um, Jerry Lynn, somebody mm. else. Yeah. And, and as of late, Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. I've learned a lot. Oh, that, oh man. They are some of the most. That's a murderer's vicious. row. Yeah. yeah that yeah, is a murderer's row right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. All right. So then, as we go into question number four, uh, pro wrestling has its own language, obviously, right? We can go into it, but what is your favorite pro wrestling term? Ooh, like catchphrase? Yeah, mm. like well, like babyface, heel, things like oh. that. What's your favorite favorite pro wrestling jargon? Uh, jabronis. <laughs> I love I love the term jabroni. Um, I think that's cool for somebody as jabroni. Yeah. Um, terminology, face heel. Can we go with Mark? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. Yeah! Yeah! And I don't think we've like had that. Mark. We've had a lot. Of, we got Rat a bunch of times. Yeah, we get know? Rat a lot on that <laughs> question. <laughs> Mark, you know, yeah. sure, Mark. Mark so many Marks one. out there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, Jabroni's so fun because of like Jabroni's my favorite. Let's use Jabroni. Yeah. Well, it's got <laughs> growing acceptance in the mainstream even. So you could call somebody yeah. at the grocery store when you're mad and people will be like, I mean, you are. Uh, All right. Yeah, All right so the fifth one is not really a question, but you know, for branding, we call it Cinco Brutas. This one's a bit more of a hypothetical situation. All right. Let's say we're all sitting here, we're in some creative meeting, and this is to take you over the top, whatever that is, whether you're WrestleMania or it's, you know what I mean, all out or, or whatever is the top for you, right? Whatever title you're going over, we're going to book you against Tom. You got to give us the storyline. The highest mm. belt in prestigious wrestling? Mm. Man, and I'm wrestling Tom. Tom, right here. Look at Tom. Look at him, too. Right I mean, look Quite at this guy. This is an... mm-hmm. Okay. So, I was part of a dream faction team, which would be Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and myself. Oh, Eddie Kingston got Eddie Kingston got hurt, but we're not wrestling for the heavyweight. We're wrestling for the, the, the mid card championship, right? So with the workhorse title, Eddie Kingston's out on an injury. We're heels at the time. Eddie Kingston's out. I've been kind of the mouthpiece since he's been out on injury. We rose to the top, Santana Ortiz are the tag champions, and I'm the freaking mid-card champion, and we've been hooking and jabbing, and we've been killing it. You win the Rumble, okay? Let's say you win the Casino Battle Royale, right? Yep, all right. And you're you probably the number cheated. one contender for my championship. And we're wrestling in a two out of three falls match because one way I beat you dirty leading up for your first shot, I beat you dirty. Mm-hmm. The second time, it was a disqualification. So now we're wrestling in a two out of three falls match. Santana and Ortiz are banned from ringside. But the matches, they're not all singles matches. Each match has a different stipulation. So the first match that we're wrestling for is it's a, it's a freaking submissions match, right? So a freaking submission. Somebody has to tap out. The second one that we're wrestling is a no disqualification match. And if it goes to the third or final match, the title will be held from a ladder. And then that's how we will be deciding who's the champion. That's the storyline for us. All right, so then obviously, I mean, well, earlier in that earlier earlier in that night, Santana and Ortiz defended the belt successfully, dirty of course. Mm-hmm. And now when they come ringside in the in the no DQ match, those guys that they cheat is gonna come out and help, and they're gonna brawl out to the back, and then it's gonna be leave me and Tom. We're finally at the end. The babyface climbs the ladder, he grabs the belt, and he goes over. And then uh. Eddie Kingston comes down, and Santana Ortiz come down, and they kick me out the group. Oh, Tom, oh you're, you're then, then you go oh. baby face. Yeah, Look at that. Look at that. We both come out as winners. We both yeah. come out as winners. I love this. This is my favorite one. Because usually yeah. we, we asked John Moxley this one time and he said, uh, you, you made my steak wrong at an Applebee's, so I drug you by the foot and beat your ass. So you put in I so much. <laughs> yeah, I know it's great. You know what? John Moxley's oh, the man. That's yeah. John Moxley's the man. Yeah, that was his literal uh, right off the dome answer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so yeah, usually Tom gets worked over pretty good. I appreciate this is, this is it. I appreciate you, you, Danny. Yeah, this is really good. <laughs> so, all right then, then obviously we got to get the plugs in. Where can folks find you? Where do you want Man, them to go see your stuff? Thank you what for you having me, bro. I appreciate you guys bringing me on the Spanish announce table. You know, we don't speak Spanish. Pero hay personas que habla español. Tú puedas escribirme a mí and all my people. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Danny Limelight. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Danny Limelight. Cameo.com backslash Danny Limelight. I'm accepting all interviews, podcasts, whatever. Holla at me. Follow me. Thank you for the love. Till next time. The Spanish Announce Table. Try that again. Got to take the mics off mute, Tom. That was a fun interview. 
Yeah, I tell you what, Danny is uh, very energetic, uh, really great answers too. He has, he's got that great blend of like, hey, straighten up and let's get to business and also let's have some fun. You know what I mean? He has a good blend of that. And you saw that uh, throughout the interview where he was talking about his military and being really serious with us. But then he was hitting us with his uh, radioactive poppy dance. So I thought that was a really fun time. Uh, excited to see what happens for him. Uh, hopefully we get to see him on Dynamite uh, coming up soon. I would love to see that faction he's talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, just I feel like they would just be beating people up and being the coolest guys in the room. Just think at the of same it. time and think doing of- dirty things like, you know, what I mean, some stuff on the on the A, hey, man. They got some deals going on the side that we wouldn't even know. About. Oh, come on. Or or look at them come as on. baby faces because you could have Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, Danny Limelight, and then have them go up against the pinnacle right there. The contrast in the jet flying, all of the, you know, high Ritz uh, glamour of pro wrestling and then the gritty, grimy, we're in here, workhorses kind of pro wrestling and those two things combating against each other that would be fun i'm telling you what that would be some good uh gang warfare on dynamite as they like to do hey but while we're talking about dynamite you want to talk about last friday night's Mm. aw dynamite so before we get into the actual recap of the episode tim i want to ask you your thoughts on this we have two hours of smackdown on fox and then it's followed up by Right now, two hours of Dynamite, but in the future, this is going to be the time slot only for one hour of AEW Rampage. What are your thoughts on if you were to consume all three hours live, is that beneficial for all parties involved? That's going to be an interesting thing because like Raw, we've discussed about a thousand times probably that it's too long being three hours. I don't think I'm going to... Probably just knowing my schedule, I'm not sitting there for three hours watching. So I'm I'm gonna catch up on these. But like the last couple of weeks I've had the chance to. And I've started with SmackDown. And then I stopped SmackDown at some point because I get sidebarred into something else. And then when I go to go back, it's late. I'm like, oh, so I start watching Dynamite, right? And mm-hmm. then I go to bed and I haven't finished it. Now I'm in the stuck situation where I'm like, I gotta finish both these things, and I think I invariably picked Dynamite the last couple of times. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in the in the way that people will consume Rampage when it does make its splash on TNT because of that reason. I feel, you know, especially how SmackDown's been right now with the Roman Reigns story, they end you on a good note typically every week with some type of cliffhanger of will Jimmy get into the fold of following, you know, the head of the table or will he defect Roman Reigns going off on a Dominic Mysterio or a Cesaro, something like that. So they do really well at that cliffhanger type of ending of an episode. And then do you want to then switch gears? And now here's Eddie Kingston or the young bucks for me. I typically bypass smackdown's first hour i just kind of say hey i'll catch up with that when i can because i'm doing things around that time and then when it gets to be eight o'clock then that is when i will say hey let's uh try to go fast forward through that first hour get through the second hour of, of smackdown and then i'm into dynamite as we've talked about probably at nauseum for the listener we are a dynamite focused show uh, but I wanted to get your feedback on that so let's jump into aw dynamite again on a special Friday night. Friday night. It started off 
with an AEW Tag Team Championship match. It was Death Triangle, Pac, and Pinta, El Cerro Mido, taking on the Young Bucks. And this was a fun match. The Young Bucks get the victory. Tim, what did you think overall of this uh, kickoff match to start off Dynamite? It is always action-packed and uh, when these folks are involved. So you're never sitting there like, I, I would say I'm never bored, right? I, I think we've discussed how it's not in our cup of tea all the time. But, I, mm -hmm. again, these guys are impressive at what they do. I'm not going to say, like, hey, we've never said it's bad. So it's a great way to get you hyped and get energy going, especially with a live crowd. So I think they all did a, a, a good job there. Excuse me. Yeah, so this is where the interesting part, though, happens for the story going forward is post-match, Brandon Cutler was out there. He led to the distraction. They got Pac uh, rolled up in the Bucks, the victory. And then the Young Buck, or excuse me, the Good Brothers come out. They start putting the boots to Death Triangle alongside uh, the Young Bucks and, and Brandon Cutler. And then Eddie Kingston comes out for the save. Now, if you recall, long-term long storybooking here, uh, Eddie Kingston and the Death Triangle, not the best of friends. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds because next week we get a triple threat match. Eddie Kingston will be teaming up with the Death Triangle to take on members of the Super Elite, I believe is what their official title is so what do you think about eddie kingston and death triangle working together do you think this is where we split off for another eddie kingston death triangle story or what happens in maybe your that's an interesting thing there's a lot of this eddie kingston death triangle thing now they are boys so, you know mm -hmm. so we'll probably get that i guess um i i'm here for anything eddie kingston so bring it on yeah well and you know promos uh, in, in previous episodes where he's talked about, like, I got enemies, even God is one of my, you know, I'll get to you in a second, you know, so everyone fighting Eddie Kingston, whether uh, willingly or unwillingly, I think is a fun story to tell. Uh, so if we feature Eddie Kingston oh. as the dilemma here, I think it'll be a fun story next week. Great story to tell of the guy who, as you, the viewer relate to like, understand that he's being misunderstood and that everybody else hates him for like the wrong reasons or just because mm -hmm. they don't understand him. But you're like, Hey man, this guy fucking break could be a great heel run. If done right. I, I, Eddie Kingston should be able to capture the every man and take pro wrestling by storm. If you ask me. Oh, I think, I think that's what we're working towards. I, I would hope at least because the reaction that he got at double or nothing, I thought he got the loudest reaction, even more so than a Britt Baker or John Moxley or Kenny Omega. I thought it was a uh, major pop for Eddie Kingston. And then everything else was obviously on par with having fun, but Eddie Kingston's the star. And I think that's who we should be uh, pushing to the moon, but let's get it back into dynamite here. The big splash of the night happens next when Mark Henry comes out to talk about how he's going to be featured on Rampage and he's not here uh, to to fix AEW because there's nothing broken. So he's here to just be a good team member. And isn't that great? And he makes his way out of the ring. And all of a sudden, Vicky Guerrero comes out of the tunnel. No music, no fanfare, just yelling her excuse me's, which are so perfect. God, I miss her excuse me's. Mm -hmm. But she comes out yelling like she does, and she introduces the newest member of All Elite Wrestling, Andrade 
El Idolo. So Andrade for uh, casual fans from WWE is now in AEW. Tim, what say you on this newest signee? I still feel like you have felt for a long time that they don't need anybody in front of the camera that's new. Um, however, to hear the pro wrestling social media universe and the pro wrestling journalist universe tell it, this guy is the second coming of like Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, and, and whatever, and he's just been waiting to bust through the glass ceiling. Okay. And I am in a, in a it yeah, has yet to be seen mentality, yeah. you know? Um, and it is yet to be seen. I'm going to give him the opportunity because clearly he'll get more chance here. We know that he'll get more opportunity here to catch fire. Will he? I don't know. Having Vicky Guerrero would help. I don't know if we've confirmed that she's going to be like involved with him going forward or if she was just like, yeah, because you know, she's also kind of involved with Matt Hardy. Maybe right. Kind of involved with Nyla Rose. Right. Like, well, she is with Nyla Rose. I I think think, we've established that enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just has a good working relationship with the rest of the heels, which Mm -hmm. Matt Hardy is the other heel faction. That's at the mid card level. He may be a talker, you know what I mean? Like to to help with that. But then again, like the best talkers in history, I know we talk about them, but I feel like I I remember Heenan more than I remember anybody, but like Andre, I remember, you know, Paul Mm -hmm. Heyman a lot more than some of the guys. I mean, Brock Lesnar maybe stands out, but you know, (laughs) yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. I think what we could do here, if, if we're going to push him to the moon, like everyone, like you said, uh, thinks he is the second coming of the next biggest star in pro wrestling, then I would almost go where he's a, almost a no gimmicks needed. Almost Chris Candino, Candido, where Chris Candido did not need all the bells and whistles. He just wore black trunks, got in there. Now he was with the triple threat, but it was he got all, he got over on his wrestling ability. You can do that with Andrade if Andrade's mouthpiece is Vicky Guerrero. Yes, except you want to like the guy who's better. I don't. Than, yeah. I don't want to like him. <laughs> you know, there, that's where that's where the contrast. Yeah. If, if again we're we're future booking some dynamite episodes here, that's where Andrade being the ten thousand dollar suit guy and Eddie Kingston wearing his Timberlands into the ring is the fun story of the working man versus the elite going up against each other. Elite person, not in the actual elite. Yeah. I just still am like, I I don't know. There's not a whole lot of stories you can tell with that Chris Candido thing, because you can tell that story. I feel like, and then when you're done with that story, you got to get, I need a gimmick, right? Like you got to have something. Well, and what's difficult for him, the spot that he's in is if he wants to go with the, I'm the best wrestler in the world, the best bout machine. Well, you kind of already have that with Kenny Omega. That's kind of his space to, to occupy with the, no one can have a bad match with me. Just put in a blow up doll, which I've done in the past and I'll make a great match out of that. So as great as it, as Andrade is, which I think he is as far as in ring wrestling ability, I just don't know what space he can take, which makes me excited because AEW's creative so far has been very good. So I think they have some good plans for him. I'm just curious to see where he goes and then where that makes other people go into the card. Because then you have a Lance Archer who may get put on elevation or you have the best friends who may be put on dark because you got to make space for all these other new guys. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. 
It will be interesting. So we but shall see. Another what aspect of this too is like it's during the Mark Henry segment, and I like they seem to have a knack for doing this. We've got look, it's somebody famous or somebody new legend is coming in and they've got something to say and we're all like all right cool we hear you and then they go all right so how do we end this and they go somebody comes out and we fucking escape out the side back door and we don't have to finish this right i don't know if that's what it is but that that is sticking out as a theme to me lately i think what they tried to accomplish with this segment was that oh my god it's so unpredictable he walked out he didn't even have music this is, you know, fresh off of the ink drying on the contract, and he's walking out saying that he's going to be the, the best wrestler in the world. I think that's what they were going for because I think maybe they got burned a little bit with the Christian Cage signing where they said this is the legendary wrestler, a future Hall of Famer, which Christian is all of those things. But then when Christian walked out, we went, oh, I mean, okay, cool. And I think if we would have done, we have the brand new signing, you know, the best guy. And if we're anticipating Samoa Joe or Braun Strowman and it becomes Andrade, we might go, oh. And so I think they're trying a different tactic to introduce a new talent. That's at least what I what I took away from this segment. Yeah. All right. So now let's get back into the in-ring action. We had Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson taking on Cutie Marshall and Anthony Agogo. Cutie. God Cutie man. out there getting, oh, in, the, getting in there, roughing it up with old. You know, Cutie Marshall, oh, Quantrack Marshall, our favorite, uh, you know, our biggest fan. Oh, we, we keep forgetting. Traps loves us. We keep forgetting. I know you were on the line waiting to be on again this week, and, you know, Danny was doing this media tour, and we had to jump on. I mean, obviously, you know what I mean? You understand We'll get yeah, you next week. We'll get you next week, bud. We'll get you next week. Q tip. Uh, hey, sweet bowling shirts. Um, anyway, you were saying something. So, yeah, so it was Anthony Agogo and uh, Cutie Marshall defeating Lee Johnson and Cody Rhodes. I don't know about this one. This was where Aaron Solo provided a distraction. Agogo delivered the knockout blow to Rhodes that allowed Marshall to score the victory. So then we get, hey, Cutie gets a pinfall over Cody, but then also it was a tag match in the middle of the show, not really announced. So is anyone going to remember this moving forward? It almost felt like a little bit WWE, that 50-50 booking where, hey, we have to have Cody look strong. So uh, Cutie and Go-Go, you're going to have to take these losses, but we'll give you one back. Just, Just hold on tight. And it's like, well, no one's paying attention to this one. So... I don't know. It, it was fine. I don't know if we necessarily need to keep going with this feud. That's what my lasting memory is of this yeah. match where it's like, okay, I think we've ran our course. I want to see a go-go mixing it up with sunny kiss or Lance Archer. And here's the thing. So we've discussed the faction amounts, right? The quantities of factions. And it is a great way to get a lot of people on TV. But now what happens when this faction, I mean, Cody Rhodes is not going to lose ultimately to QT and the fuckwads, right? Mm-hmm. So what do they do next? And great, AEW feels like a great place for people to, hey, let's see if this works, right? So we'll see if, if QT and the gang have something here. Um, QT and the gang. 
Cutie and the gang. Cutie I like and the that. gang. Um, we'll see if they've got something because what do they do next, right? We know what Cody's going to do next. He's going to go be fucking Cody. Right. And then he's going to fucking have friends who turn on him because apparently he's not a bad guy. Uh, but, he's a bad guy. You know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, but he's fucking everybody's wife. Isn't that what's going on? Like, it has to be something. He's allegedly. fucking everybody's allegedly. wife. Cody Rhodes. I've allegedly. You. Allegedly. Anyway. You know, he's doing the, something. Yeah, he's doing something, he's, right? He's spitting people's drinks. or He's doing something backstage mm-hmm. that isn't. Uh, yeah, backstage for sure. Well, so this is, right. this is what I think about the factions, though, as you had mentioned. We do have a lot of factions here, right? We've got Cutie and the gang. We've got Matt Hardy's family. We've got the super elite. But what we don't have is baby face factions. I mean, you have the best friends, which is Trent, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and then the alien. But I don't, you know. Do you do best friends in the factory? I don't know if that really has any legs behind it. So where I think we should go is Anthony Agogo is the star. He's the one that I think we all identify as like, yep, that's the guy. That's that's the one that should be fighting for a TNT championship opportunity here in the next you know six months to a year. So I say, let's just drop the factory. I mean, he can still stay friends with Solo and Cutie and all of those uh, people, but let's just put him on his own stage and say, I'm here for belts. I collected medals. Now I'm here for championship gold. Uh, who's up first. And that's where I think we should go, but we shall see. Cause again, got another Friday night episode of dynamite coming up this week. Yeah. And then, uh, then there's a Saturday one too, right? There's, there's a Saturday out. one as well. We're getting it all, which that could be, you know, if they, if done right, they could treat that almost like a clash of champions, special event where they put a super card on a Saturday night. Cause that's typically when they do pay-per-views, that would be a, that would be the idea that I would give them, but I'm just over here interviewing the AEW wrestlers. I'm not actually writing the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, <laughs> if you're watching live, uh, Make sure you bookmark, do whatever, because you can go back, or you can just start over, right? Just go back and watch and just keep watching. Uh, you don't have to watch. You can watch on a delay. You can go back and start over and watch that interview with Danny uh, Limelight, and he was uh, it was fun. That was great, definitely. Say. It was fun. So now as we fun. get back, yeah, we are fun, and he is fun, yeah. and uh, it was a great old time. So now let's get back to Dynamite. We had up next the Inner Circle's victory lap, and this was not needed. This yeah, is again, this, yeah. I don't know what's in Chris Jericho's real contract, breaking kayfabe here for a second. I don't know what's in his real contract, but I don't need to see that motherfucker every week. I like him, but fuck, man. Like, time out for a minute. Didn't you fall off a fucking cage? <laughs> like, didn't you? Weren't you in the right, stadium something? stampede? Go away for a minute, man. Make me miss you. Don't God, you gotta go over. make a new album or some shit for fucking Fozzie? Yeah, don't you have a tour? You don't care about COVID. Go back on tour or somewhere. You gotta be on the Mass Singer or some shit. Yeah, it's just, this was fine, but it was silly. It was, we're gonna keep fighting. And that seems weird that the winner is being a sore winner, for lack of a better term, where we won, but we still want to kick your ass. And that just, so, what? For what it's worth, I mean, that promo's okay, right? The idea of oh, like, the promo, of like, they do well. Yeah, the idea of, of going like, hey, uh, we, you, you know, you think this is over just because we beat your ass once? 
Like, son, we're beating your ass every time we see you. This isn't over because we beat your ass. This is in over until we've decided we beat your ass enough, right? Yeah. Like, and so, like, it's on. Like, it, you were able to run around and escape. Now I want you in the ring. He wants you in the ring. Like, we're really going to fucking make this worse. You're not getting away. That I get. That's okay. That's good. But, like, this feels like it's been beat to death. I, you should have done that leading up to the big blow off of all of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I Again, uh, the inner circle, I think they're all great. I think Santana and Ortiz are above average, very exceptional pro wrestlers. I think their tag team is destined for championship gold sooner rather than later. I think Sammy Guevara is easily a TNT champion, if not a world heavyweight champion very soon. Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. Uh, Jake Hager tries, um, but I just, I, you gotta go away or let's have a solo storyline where Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen mix it up or something, because I'm just exhausted of the inner circle. I just really am. I'm tired of, I'm even tired of the God bless it singing from the crowd. You know, like I think it's fun and I can't wait to do it when they come to my town, but fuck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, I it's I just a little bit beating me over the head and I'm just, I'm just, I need a break from them. It's, it's you or it's me. It's not you inner circle. Cool it's thing. me. Fucking yeah. you. No, it's fucking you. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> All right, then we get back into some tag team action. We get Christian Cage teaming up with Jungle Boy, taking on the old Navy uh, associates here, Private Party, in a tag team match. Uh, this was fine. This happened. What would you think? Jungle Boy and Christian Cage get the victory. What would you think overall of the segment? Yeah, maybe we're going to go in this like face versus face Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage thing, but I, I don't know that they should do that because, like, then what does outwork everyone mean if the first fucking you know good yeah. guy you come across, um, and you have to you can't squash the Jungle Boy right now so it's weird so I don't I don't know maybe that's coming then it's just gonna be like a sting thing, which is weird I don't know I just and then private party they they feel very stunt work ass to me you know they're they're more that young buck style I just so I I'm just kind of like I don't know I I wasn't too ingrained in this match right i wasn't like enthralled by it we'll say that yeah i think the momentum of private party has been halted almost to a screeching stop if you remember back in year one of AEW dynamite private party beat the young bucks in a tournament qualifying match to determine who the first tag team champions were and now i think honestly as much as we thought hey team them up with Matt Hardy and you know, Matt Hardy will be the, the talking piece for them and they're going to get over. I think that dynamic has made them way lamer than they should be. I think we need to get back to dollars are flying from the sky. We're hanging out. You know what? I, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving bottle service until 10 30. So reschedule the match. Like private party isn't partying right now. They're just yeah. hanging out with old man, Matt. And I get Matt Hardy can play a lot of characters. Smooth talking talent agent isn't really one of them. It's not working very well. It's just I I, I think it's fine. I think the the Carney Matt Hardy I get thirty percent from your earnings, but I can you know take you to the next level. I think it's whatever. For all the characters he can do, that one is serviceable and it's fine. 
but private party just feels so well that's what i mean this bit this relationship dry. would be way better if there was an actual cool fucking guy with them and they were being cooler right but this you look like some clowns running around doing a with circus old act man matt. yeah with old man matt it just doesn't you know I think, you know, it's, again, easy for me on a podcast to say what I would do and how easy it is. But this is not easy, God damn it. It isn't easy, but I think I got some good ideas, and let me uh, express them here on my own podcast. Why are you belittling me in front of the public? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but what I think is <laughs> you, you, know, make... you didn't even apologize. You're just like, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. I think private party needs to go into, you know, when – when old hip hop and rappers talk about today's uh, young up and coming talent, they always talk about how they're mumble rap. They don't respect anything. They don't know their history. Make private party that make private party little baby or, you know, young juicy or whoever the fuck it is. Have them, you know, pill pop, not pill popping, but like have them go into the party scene. Private party. What a, would imply some sort of exclusivity to something but you're coming out with seven fucks who look all completely randomly thrown together and old man matt so like i don't yeah doesn't feel very i just private. wish i just wish they would it's play into the they're young and that they're hungry exactly. but they don't give a shit right like if they ran into christian they don't know that christian and edge were a great tag team because they don't give a shit because they're doing their own thing and who gives a fuck about what happened 20 years ago? Like, that's where I want them to go. But right now, they're just looking like shift managers at your local Gap store. And I just do not like it. All right, let's get back into some more action, though, here. Uh, we have the Doc Dr. Britt Baker Championship Celebration. Now, I'm not going to act as if I am the biggest Britt Baker fan. I don't know all of the details of what Britt Baker's character is, but apparently she loves Big Macs. And if we go back a segment, couple segments, the inner circle gave away a free t-shirt to everyone in the audience. Fast forward to the celebration for Britt Baker. And she says, Hey, everyone gets Big Macs. Look underneath your seat. Fun fact, no Big Macs. Tim, what'd you think of the the swerve from Britt Baker and what'd you think of this segment? Um, this was fun. I, I I like yeah the Big Macs thing. If it's a thing that we see regularly and it's just a thing like cool. I mean it's a fun little thing to do. But I like the like all right. Well I didn't think I was gonna get shown up today by the inner circle, but like whatever. Fuck it. Uh, I gotta do these coupons right. They're not even like like they've got burgers on stage, but then it's like coupons. And then she's like, psych, they're right here. And that shit that was fun. Um, I like that. Uh, and just, I, I like the dynamic. I like that they're still going hard on the, like, I'm still full of myself, yeah, but out of touch as a face here. Right. It wasn't the, thank you so much for everyone that's been with me on this journey. This belt is for you more than it's for me. No, it was the, yeah, I'm the fucking coolest guys. And you get it now. Yeah. It's like, we do. <laughs> it's like she, her truth now has been exposed to the world. And we're all enlightened by how awesome Britt Baker is, which, which we are. And I like that she isn't going into standard babyface 101 promos. So it was really cool. Now at the end of this segment, as Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone are sharing a touching moment, Nyla Rose says, fuck this shit. Tired of it. Fuck it. Hamburgers go up. 
in the sky. Fuck all this shit. You guys all suck. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. Suck it from the back. Nyla Rose looks like gets the first crack at Britt Baker. What do you think about this first feud for Britt Baker as champion? Yeah, I think that's good, right? I mean, this will be a a decent, menacing heel. Nobody's going to mistake who's the baby face here, even though Britt Baker's acting like the heel. So I mm-hmm. think that's a good call, right? You're going to have Vicky Guerrero involved, so there's instant heat, and yeah. she can play off of Vicky Guerrero, I'm sure, a million ways. Um, Ken Britt Baker, and then you've got Rebel involved. So I think this will be fun. I think this will help cement in the turn, if you will. Yeah, I think the fun that you can have outside of the ring with Vicky Guerrero and Rebel is going to be really, really entertaining. Nyla Rose can give a good match to everyone. Obviously, check out her championship matches with Sheeta. Britt Baker obviously can give you whatever you need. If you want her to be the babyface, you want her to be the heel, you want her to do whatever it is, I think she's capable of it. I think what they're doing is really smart, and it's almost mirroring what the men's division is doing, where... On the men's side, we have Kenny Omega. In a couple weeks, he is going to be taking on Jungle Boy for a championship opportunity uh, that Jungle Boy won in the uh, Casino Battle Royal. But the number one contender is Hangman Adam Page. Now you flip over to the West Division, and we do have, looks like, Dr. Baker, Niall Rose going to get in there and kick and punch each other. But the number one contender from this week's rankings thunder rosa and so i think we've we're gonna get that payoff sooner rather than later and i think that's what we need i think lights out two at whatever your next pay-per-view is is the way to go oh my close it out close out the pay-per-view whatever it is all out full gear whatever you want to call it whatever it is close it out with the lights out two. Britt baker thunder rosa for the women's championship She's legit walking around like the coolest person in the room and might believe she it is. and just is. Yeah, it's great. But to that point, Thunder Rosa is also walking around like, you don't think I can kick her ass? Did you not see what I fucking did? Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, I will murder I'm still kicking bitch. everyone else's. Yeah. yeah, I'm murdering all of these bitches. Like, I am not to be trifled with, you dumbass hoes. Like, it's so great her attitude i just love it and so i mean she might i wouldn't put it past her and i would love it but i just think that's where we're we have to get that second match lights out to this time for the world championship i'm excited for it but again before we get there we're going to go through nyla rose and that's going to be fun too physicality off the charts so excited to see what happens next now as we get back into uh, some of uh, the in-ring action. We had Red Velvet taking on the Bunny. This was a good match. Yeah. I didn't think, you know, it necessarily set the world on fire. But what did you think? Yeah, I mean, not everything is gonna, you know, I, I want stories, right? So if if they're gonna do like a repetitives with these matches, you know, give me a story. But I don't know if they were. Sometimes you got to have, you know, matches that feel like, hey, this was a scheduled match today, and these folks lined up and had a match. I guess you know what I mean. Sometimes that's not terrible, and it gets some people some in-ring experience in front of a crowd. So um, I didn't hate it. Again, they didn't do anything wrong necessarily that stuck out. So wasn't bad. 
I liked what this match did as far as, you know, we always say with AEW rankings and wins and losses matter. Well, you can't just have all of your wins on elevation or dark. So it is good that eventually, you know, one of these top contenders, Red Velvet in this case, is getting a match on Dynamite, right? Your wins do get you to the next opportunity, which is Dynamite right now. True. So I like that it, it, it was at least serviceable from that aspect. And I think Bunny is really underutilized i think she is uh, a really good villain she has that good you know head tilt and, and like awkward stare now i think with this match and then we'll get into the main event here in just a second i think they i think even though the success of double or nothing was amazing and you want to keep that going for as long as possible i do think from a viewer's perspective AEW understands, hey, we're on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, the next four weeks or whatever it is because of NBA basketball. Let's not do lights out two or let's not do stadium stampede three. Let's just let's get through some of these wins uh, for some people that will matter in the future. So I think it was good, but again, didn't set the world on fire. Yeah. yeah. Now let's get into the main event. It was a bull rope match. King of the bull rope match, Dustin Rhodes taking on Nick Camarado. This was physical. This was bloody. Tim, what did you think? I think same kind of thing you're talking about here. I mean, we got to see Nick Camarado on Dynamite. We got to see some physicality. We haven't seen Dustin wrestle necessarily. I mean, we have. But, you know, um, but this is something that every time you line up and you see a 50 plus, uh, what is he, 97 years old now? Mm-hmm. Um, I think out so. There yeah. in a bull rope match with an actual caveman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're yeah, it was a geriatric like and a caveman. Yeah, it was I mean, pretty impressive. It's pro wrestling at its finest, right? And then we need a cowboy commentator. And we're, oh, we've got that. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, shit. I forgot. I'll tell you what, man. We got all the boxes checked. This is where, this is the only thing I didn't like about it is that Dustin Rhodes defeated Nick Camarado. I think if you're going to put camarado in the main event of essentially for lack of a better term a throwaway dynamite episode give camarado the win you know like what what are we building to with dustin rhodes getting this victory and one other thing about dustin rhodes that isn't necessarily his fault but i'm getting a little tired of is if you look at his uh entrance video as he walks out it keeps on saying one last ride and he has that like gunslinger you know, I'm not as good as I was, but I'm good as I ever can be on one night or whatever. Slow the down, Toby is. Keith. Woo. Yeah, whatever that fucking Woo. phrase is, right? Woo. But can't be your last ride if I keep fucking seeing you more than the it's other 23rd people. 23rd time that it's your yeah. last ride, Undertaker. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so go away, Dustin Rhodes. I like you. I think you're fine. I've always been a fan of you when you've been on the straight and narrow and, you know, trying hard here at your characters, but I don't want to, we've got, we've got the old man taken care of. That's sting, right? We got, so we got the old man taken care of. Christian. It's Christian cage. We got the old man taken care of. It's Matt Hardy. Right. You know, we got right. the old man taken care of. Uh, it's, Scorpio Sky, he's thirty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm kidding. Um, it's Chris but Daniel. we got, yeah, we got the old man gimmick Frankie down. Yeah. yeah, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels. <laughs> we don't need all these guys are great. 
all of them are great. <laughs> we're great. Let's let's cycle through and get some fresh like, blood in there. Other places need great folks too. Like you could go to Impact. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, stay as coaches. Stay as I heard MLW is hiring. <laughs> yeah, no, stay as coaches. Stay as your backstage roles. I definitely like it, but don't be saying to oh, 100%, me yeah. one last ride. And I see uh, each and every week on Dark or Dynamite. Like I, I'm tired of that part. But anyhow, that was Dynamite for this week again. This coming week, they're going to be on again on a Friday night. So hopefully you tune in or at least DVR it and check it out. And we'll recap it on next Thursday's live recording. All right. Well, then let's get into uh, the other flip side of things. And by the way, if you're just tuning in live, which I think some folks might be, and shout out to the chat. Devil Vamp said they also do not show clips from the YouTube show. So where's the story? That's true in AW. They don't necessarily like give you a good lot of like, if you're not watching Elevation, you missed this, right? Um, yeah, they will play. Yeah, they'll play the the ticker underneath where it'll be like the acclaimed defeated SCU or whatever yeah. it is on the thing. But they don't say, "Oh my God!" On Elevation, as you recall, blah 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 blah. For example, a good good part of that is if you only watch Dynamite, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page just appeared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was no. It was just hey. And now, again, if you watch Elevation, you watch uh, Dark, which they hope you are. But if you're not a regular viewer of those YouTube shows and Dynamite's your, your cup of tea, you weren't told why these two guys are friends. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Devil Vamp. They do need to do a little bit better of that. So, hang tight. We're going to get into, briefly here in a moment, uh, NXT In Your House is coming up this week. And we're going to get into some picks. But before we get that, let's hit the main roster up. Um, SmackDown. I didn't really watch most of it. Um, I don't know if you did, but we can hit some highlights on it, right? Well, so this was, yeah, this was the fun one. So it kicked off with the Usos taking on the Mysterios for the tag team championships, right? So we'll kicked off with that, that match. And we had kind of a, a a misstep by the ref. He didn't see that uh, one of the Usos shoulders were up. So he counted three, shouldn't have been three. But the interesting part of this is post-match, the Usos go to hang out with their cousin Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns tells Jay Uso, hey man, when you're with me, you're main eventing. When you're with your brother, you're kicking off the show. And boy, was he right. And then to put salt into the wound, wound, Roman starts to talk down on the Usos and then confirms his shit talking to Jay but calls him Jimmy. Mm. And oh, what a cut to the heart that is. We fast forward to the main event. We get Mysterios versus Usos part two. Looks like the Mysterios are going to get the victory. Roman Reigns is like, fuck that. This is my family. You're not going to make me look bad by these fucking dumb, dumb knuckle draggers losing. So I'm wrecking shit. And he threw Rey Mysterio over the balcony or whatever the fuck he did and then he beat the holy fuck out of dominic good night that's good yeah good stuff that is good stuff um we also got um they're continuing this raw and cesaro thing this is the thing wwe still gets wrong they bleed a story with nothing right like they just drag it on with minimal movement minimal changes and I just don't know what to think anymore about like this. Yeah, I mean, I focused in on on the Mysterios and Usos because I think that was the most interesting story. Everything yeah. else in SmackDown, 
Like Corbin's trying to steal his so... crown back. So is Corbin a face and not Nakamura? Yeah. Heel? <laughs> like I thought we liked Boog, right? Like right. Well, are we liking Nakamura? And I if we're so. and, and which I guess if the heels try, the heel would try to get his crown back, and you know if you can be well, you know, foil. But his it's plans, his stuff. Fine. It is his stuff. He should like we should. It should go to this like the the kingship is on the line or something. We should build to that. Uh, well, I think that's what we're doing. But correct me if I'm wrong, Tim. But doesn't WWE do the be a star and fucking stop bullying? Yeah. You're bullying. The, you're stealing his stuff. We don't cheer do that. Still do that? I don't know. Um, now, Bailey's thing is she's just gonna laugh now. I mean, I get it. It's it's annoying. Hey, if you squint your eyes and look to the left. She looks like Vicky Guerrero. Right. So her doing a laugh or her an excuse me makes total sense. I just don't know um, if that's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Otis and Gable, Street Profits, I mean, that's a good feud because that's characters and you could build stories around that. I just, you know, like, and that's kind of what it feels like they're trying to do, right? But if this is the the most of it, it'll be a little disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I think the money. I think the money with the street profits is still a long term build with the Usos, yeah. very similar to the New Day and the Usos. Yep. And so that's where I'm hoping they go back to sooner rather than later. But I also do like the Mysterios. I like the father son tag team champs. I think we have a lot of stories we could tell. I don't know if yeah. we're necessarily going to do that with them, but there's. Um, there's at least some potential well, with them. But they have a storyline with Otis and Gable. I mean, Otis and Gable have a story every time with that, like, hey, let us train you. And they're like, get the fuck away. And they're like, bitch? Right. You forget I will stretch you? Like, you like it? And then they stretch some folks. Like, I mean, that's not a problem. And then you've got Street Profits are out there. Again, I think they've got good distinct tag teams. So there's that. Yeah, but man, the fall of Otis. Yeah. He went from everyone's favorite fat guy Loving on Mandy Rose to they, this. They took the money in the bank from him, gave it to the Miss so the Miss could lose it in like, what, a week? <laughs> yeah. And then they took away Mandy Rose for no apparent reason. Yeah, God damn, Why man, couldn't man, you just man. have the fat guy and the pretty girl walking around? Now you got the pretty girl with the other pretty girl, and I can't tell them apart. They're the female Usos. Yeah, and th- yeah, they fail on that sometimes, too, of like, Okay, you got to pull the trigger now, or we'll lose it. And they, you know what I mean? They lose a lot of these. Man. But I love Chad Gable. I think Gable needs a stable. Gable stable. And just get some more people that are. Just call it that. Gable stable. The Gable stable. He could be trying to like sell people. Like he could get on a suit and be like, you should join Gable stable. (laughs) Oh, and get those those towels. Remember Mm -hmm. how it was American Alpha, but get it with the Gable Gable stable? stable? I would buy that in a heartbeat. All right, raw side of things. Uh, the Viking Raiders, speaking of tag team, they, they win the tag team battle royal that had two tag teams with only half the tag team in it. Look, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Here's something else. Jackson Riker and Elias are going to feud. Jackson Riker cut his hair. Uh, I don't care about that, I guess. I'll tell you what. There was the season finale of The Best Baker in America, and it was <laughs> way better than whatever the fuck Jackson Riker's doing on TV. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give MVP and Lashley credit. They're telling a story that I think is an easy to digest story. It hasn't mm-hmm. necessarily been told. It's kind of going on a little long now, but like, I feel like MVP's getting a little wasted with his dude. He's at some of the best promos 
of his career going on right now. Although, did you catch the segment backstage where MVP goes up to Kofi Kingston and is like, aren't you tired yeah. of being a loser? Yeah. Huh? Now that's good. Yes, more of this, right? Because, yeah, Bobby Lashley cut decent promos too. That showdown between him and, and Drew felt real. And then when he's like, I'm going to do this, whatever. And he's like, yeah, all right, and I'll beat you there too. Right? Like, and you're just like, whatever, let's get out of here. I liked it all. I tell you what, though, a Hurt Business 2.0 elevated with the former champion of Kofi Kingston. Now you got two former, or, you know, Bobby Lashley still the champion, but you got two champions in your stable. Would, I, remember the New Day has said they're not going to break up. They're not going to do oh, it. Oh, right? fuck like, that. Yeah, no. Money talks. Get the oh, fuck out of here, man. Xavier. Go go fucking oh, man. punch on some X's and zeros and play your well, video And imagine, games. like, because um, we even get into that, Cedric's, talking shit and he's like still a little neurotic about that happening so like he could see that and be like what no 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 no, there's no we're not doing an upgrade here god damn it right like no and then like he could fight kofi and kofi could beat him up you know what i mean like and be like see this is why you couldn't get in or, you know I mean? or, the business hurts. or or you could be like mm. th- you finally got to the spot we wanted you to be in the entire time get back in here let's get this group hug and as the wingmen do pinky's in bobby lashley mvp kofi cedric the problem is Kofi, we, you're considering Kofi a main event player at the moment, aren't you? I mean, yeah. he's taking on Riddle. Mm-hmm. There was that. Um, which, you know, if, you know, I feel like they're just kind of slow burning this, like, New Day, Orton, RK Bro thing. Which, they should be Randy and Riddle. Randy and Riddle is fun. Randy and Riddle. Randy and Riddle. Randy and Riddle. It's RK Bro, I get it, but, like, it feels very 2000s, right? Yeah. It feels yeah. like boys with a Z does feel like boys with a z um and then the other thing is this is catching a lot of heat but again i, I want to give him an a for effort this Shayna goes trying to find alexa yeah I, I think it was fine here's what i'll say the placement of it was fucking dumb yeah the placement yeah. of it you don't was end the show this dumb. is in the cold end right like what? yeah but here's something different Right? Like, that's what we've always been wanting from the women's division is I'm tired of seeing girl thinks other girl is ugly or girl thinks other girl is fat or girl is jealous of other girl. And then they just fight because of that. This actually has some substance and some depth to it. Now, it's a ripoff of The Fiend. And I think we still need to allude that Alexa Bliss hasn't always been this way. It was because of The Fiend. I feel like that part of the story we're missing. But... Her being the female fiend going after the MMA badass Shayna Baszler, I think is fun. I think we need to go into that, and I think we are, but just not at the end of the show. Yeah, and it's great. Like It's that moment of like, bitch, I will kick anybody's ass, you fucking doll. And then all of a sudden, like, no, that doll's not in here. Why is that doll in the mirror? And then you get to see that, like, the tough facade exposed when, like, oh, shit, I'm dealing with something right. different here. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And I right. like that, and I think that's where – it's very needed for a women's division who's always had very superficial, lame stories. I'm I'm applauding WWE for taking the Undertaker, Kane, Mankind silliness and applying it to the women's division for once. Another aspect of all that too is that we kind of glance over there is uh, Nikki Cross. Seems like they're giving her a little mini, uh, little mini, little push that I, I I'm here for it. I, I kind of like the bubbling nikki cross i liked crazy nikki cross better but crazy nikki cross is what we need to get to yeah crazy nikki cross so to smackdown then because like no. you got alexa bliss going on like no I, 
No, 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 no. You get Alexa uh, Bliss. Story time going on here. You get Alexa Bliss to make Nikki Cross go crazy. She becomes it's back to crazy. A shell of herself because Alexa Bliss fucked with her head so much. That was her best friend. Now she's paranoid, pulling her hair out. She's mankind. She's mm-hmm. Nikki Cross is mankind because of the trauma inflicted by Alexa Bliss. So keep her there. Let's get her crazy. Here's one thing, though, that is a little insulting to the Nikki Cross character. And it's WWE's fault because we do this all the time with WWE where we say like, hey, they've had a career before WWE. Check out them on the indies and all of that, right? We've acknowledged that with every single person on the roster. So stop fucking telling me that Nikki Cross is some bumbling new idiot when she has more experience than everyone on the roster except for Asuka. Fucking idiots. Fuck out of here. Fucking out of here. (laughs) Fuck out of here. (laughs) Okay. All right, so then off the main roster, we're going to get into some fun stuff. This Sunday, 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 we've got NXT in your house, 2021. A lot to cover. We're going to, you know, we're going to go down. We're going to, we're going to do this. What are your initial thoughts, Tom? I think this is another transitional takeover. I think, again, we're trying to find our footing of who's our feuds, who's our stars, where's our main event players, where's our mid-card players, because when you have a, fatal five way that means to me as the viewer we're not sure who's over and without audiences it makes sense so i think this is going to be a good litmus test of all right we're going to go with person a b c and then you know D E and f or whoever you're getting kicked to the mid card so i'm excited to see where the chips fall as they say with the finale of this uh pay-per-view yeah, yeah. All right, so let me pull it up right here, WWE.com, right? Uh, so this is the card as of, you know, Thursday uh, of the 10th. So uh, there shouldn't be too many changes. We've had um, – Yeah, they did their go-home show. So, uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Zia Lee. What do you think on this one? This is, this is hard. This almost feels a little bit like, to a lesser extent, the Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler, where it's the I'm a badass – you know, no one can fuck with me. And then the girl has the little bit of spooky powers. I think, I think spooky powers wins. I'm going, yeah. I, I, I think Bert Martinez takes the, takes the loss here. Uh, uh, I feel the same there. Um, yeah. I Mercedes Martinez hasn't really necessarily gotten us, you know, to a point where I feel like they're, they're going to, highlight her and give her like a title run or anything. But the Zia Lee story, I think needs it more than. Yeah. I think Zia Lee with the, the promos and the vignettes that she was doing where she rebirthed into this new character, you can't just have her lose right out the gate. And I think Mercedes Martinez serves for the females. Chris hero served for the men where, Hey, if you're going to get to that next level, if you're going to get off the opening match, you need to go through me and I got to get make you look good to get you to the mid card. And I think that's what this match is going to do. Um, all right. We got the NXT North American Championship. Bronson Reed and the NXT Tag Team Champion, excuse me, MSK, yeah. taking on Legato Del Fantasma and a winner-take-all six-man tag. Um, interesting, but I don't feel like anybody's 
losing titles in this way. And I mean, unless they really want to hit the Legato Del Fantasma angle of like, we got all the gold, but I just don't know. Well, shit, when is the damn war games coming up? Oh, no, no I don't think soon. I, I, yeah. I think that's like a November kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah, we're not going there necessarily because you no. got to have a fucking faction for that. You yeah. <laughs> but I think we do go with Phantasma. Legato, uh, fantastic because of the winner takes all. Because then you look you at him, you go Bronson like, "Read the title." Yeah, fuck him. Uh, you know, he's cares? a thick boy. He can handle. He's it. a thick boy. He'll be fine. Give he's him got a thick skin. Steak. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. He's got thick skin. He's a thick boy. He'll be fine. I just think the, the faction needs the titles to do the WWE thing. If we got all the gold, and if they win it in this way, it feels illegitimate so you could call whoever the tag champs or the north american champ uh, a fraud because they didn't really win it right it was the other guy that got the pin that now you have a title on your your shoulder i think that's where we're gonna look go. there's a better story coming out of here to tell in what you're saying right because look they're not gonna split these guys up i don't feel like the the main rosters need a hot tag team so we're gonna take logato right. fantasma's guy like we're not sending him up to the main roster either i don't feel like so like right. Ha! Uh, I mean, yes, I this would be a better story to tell coming out of here. But I think we're gonna get the faces, you know, standing tall. Yeah, high fiving. Wouldn't be shocked. Meat. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, Bronson Reed, especially as your thick boy new champ, definitely wouldn't be shocked. But maybe he needs a little kick in the ass, and this is what gets him that kick in the ass: is losing the belt and then regaining it at the next takeover. We don't know. Maybe so. Um. All right. So. NXT Women's Championship, Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon, and no way in hell Ember Moon wins this match, if you ask me. Here's an honest question for you, Tim, because I'm going to be completely transparent. I don't follow every single episode of NXT. I'm not not keeping wins and losses on a notepad. However, I can't think of a fucking time Ember Moon's won a match. Why is she the number uh, one contender? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I don't. Who know. is she beat? Nobody. And I mean, <laughs> I she was in a tag team, she... but her tag team, yeah, got injured. So I just don't know what the like. And that's fine. But again, let's get some wins somehow. And you haven't. So you got a fucking O and O loser taking on the champ. So I'm not going with the O and O loser. <laughs> loser. Yeah, I mean, why would you go with the loser? Loser. Yeah. We're not losers. All right. Um, all right. This one's going to be fun. Uh, this is going to be real fun. This might be a highlight uh, of the week. Cameron Grimes and LA Knight in a ladder match for the million dollar championship. I don't even know where to go with this. I think both of these guys would do great with this million dollar championship. I want Cameron Grimes to win it. I think they're going to do LA Knight. I think so too. I think if they went Cameron Grimes, I would be very nervous that it becomes the 24-7 title on NXT. Yes. Where yeah. people are trying to take it from him, and I ah, can't take my thing. I'm going to the moon. And he can do that fine, and it's really fun. But our truth does it better, right? So I don't necessarily want Cameron Grimes to get it for that reason. And I think even though he's not going to be here for too long i think la knight as your million dollar champion 3.0 you know uh, an evolved stone cold steve austin ringmaster type character with la knight with million dollar man as his manager 
that's where we go. And then when the time's right, LA Knight being the dastardly heel kicks Million Dollar Man to the curb. But for a couple weeks, we get the ringmaster Million Dollar Champ LA Knight, LA Knight guy going on. Yeah, I think LA Knight wearing that title with Million Dollar Man around occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it'll add more legitimacy to him being like the smooth talking, you know, like, yeah. hey, ladies, don't you love me? And they're like, yeah, fucking really but you got money right and you know so i think that'll do well um and then the nxt championship fatal five way right (laughs) where nobody dies carrying cross kyle o'reilly and well maybe i mean we do the matches yet to happen uh carrying cross kyle o'reilly adam cole bay bay johnny gargano and pete motherfucking dunn um carrying cross yeah this is where you know he won the belt from Keith Lee, but he immediately got injured. So then we had to drop it to Finn Balor, right? And then Karrion Cross gets healthy. Hey, let's restart. Karrion Cross is the badass. But to really signify I'm a fucking badass, I think he's got to go through all the top contenders in one match, and this is a perfect opportunity to do it. Now here's where I think we could have some fun. Everyone thinks Finn Balor's going to SmackDown or going to Raw or going to... But I think they have one last thing for Finn Balor to do on the NXT roster, and that's come back as the Demon. I think we're going to see the Demon crawl down that ramp as Karrion Cross is celebrating his victory. And the next time we get fans in attendance, we're getting... Demon look up and carrying cross fucking uh, Halloween havoc entrance colliding at the next takeover. So that's what I think is going to happen. And demon loses that. Yes. Yes. And that's what gets carrying cross to like boss final boss level is I'm, I beat the fucking demon. Then you can send Finn Balor to, you know, fill in the blank promotion, but for right now, I think we got to get the demon with a new NXT crowd coming back. All the fun bells and whistles. I think that's what we're going to do. I just don't. Finn Balor is another one where, like, you didn't catch fire. Now, I know some of that was injury, right? Like, they tried. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I think Karrion Cross conquering that demon is going to be the feather in the cap of Karrion Cross being the fucking saying? badass. What if it's not what you say and it's a returning Keith Lee? Oh, I think Keith Lee's fucked. I don't think we're going to see Keith Lee for yeah, another cause, year. Because, like, if it was a returning Keith Lee, you wouldn't have him lose right at the gate, I don't think, right? Like, a going-away guy can come in and lose across. So, yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Well, I, I think Keith Lee is, he's like, like breaking cave. Just, no, he's got, he got COVID. I think he has long-term COVID effects. Mm. That motherfucker ain't in shape. I know he can move around like he's a welterweight, but that motherfucker's obese. You heard it here first. Tom is diagnosed. Keith Lee with a long COVID. Well, he had COVID. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. He had and, COVID. But he has been mysteriously gone. And yeah. I think he has long-term COVID effects, and I don't think we're going to see him until 2022, middle, like SummerSlam 2022. And that's a hope. I'm serious. Like, there's fighters in the UFC that are like Cody Garbrandt, yeah. Garbrandt uh, Cody Nolove. He had long-term COVID effects. He just fought because he thought he was good. He was a shell of himself in two minutes. This shit's real, man. Yeah. No, I know it's real. I'm aware that it's real. 
Yeah. Not a lot are aware that it's and, real. Well, apparently. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's uh, fucked. Anyway, unfortunately, you know what is real? The fucking Spanish announce table and the great goddamn interviews we do, like we did with Danny Limelight at the start of this. If you're watching live, go rewind it and fucking watch it, man. And then rewatch the rest of this again that you did already watch. Tell your friend, parentheses S. I don't know how cool you are. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Tom, you got any parting words for everybody? Well, no, I don't, but I did. I kind of uh, took the oxygen out of the room when we were talking about the start sure, of, of this NXT uh, event. But what do you think about this oh. NXT event? What, what's your uh, you know lasting what? thoughts? I, I think I like that there's interest in where they go with some of these storylines. So I think it'll hold my interest there, um, you know, like through the show. And I think we'll get some good matches again. I don't think this is going to be like, I don't get the feel that we're going to be like, Man, you got to go back and watch NXT in your house 2021. So it's probably not one that I'm going to be like, make sure I got my popcorn ready, but I'll mm-hmm. catch it up, you know, catch myself up before showtime, probably. Yeah. I'm excited for that show, main the event. The Spanish Announce Table live stream next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am excited for that main event, though. I think we got some fun Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly spots, some Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole spots, some Johnny Gargano carrying cross. I think we got some fun spots in that. That's probably going to be the, the match of the night if I were to guess all right well then uh as you all watch nxt in your house make sure to get on twitter use hashtag tweet the table we'll read some of them we don't got time here because we uh we had the danny limelight interview and then we could we couldn't then go to tweet table when we had to bump qt marshall he'd be upset so we're gonna not read any tweet tables um next time we'll save them up we'll read the best ones uh use hashtag tweet table we'll read it right here next week live uh, when we come back to the spanish announce table <laughs> The Spanish Announce Table.